Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and we are going across the river to Hazel Green, Wisconsin, a new territory for us. So for all the new listeners out there, I just want to direct you to our social media. If you want to follow us and follow the Wildcats this season, you can find us on Facebook, and Instagram, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can also find me, Coach Manaman, on Twitter, at Coach Manaman. We are joined by rookie head coach in his second year who has yet to pick up his first career win and has yet to pick up his first career loss. We welcome the Southwestern Wildcats skipper, Isaac Stanton, to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Isaac. Thanks for having me, Coach. I appreciate you uh, giving us a little bit of time and, you know, everything you've done for for the baseball around this area. You know, uh, my kids, my son grew up playing baseball in Dubuque, and, you know, we know it's a, a little hotbed for such a such a great group of, of young players, and to see, you know, some of them get some of this recognition, like I said, it's it, I think it's been a long time coming, and, and I love to be a part of what you got going on here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great baseball community. Loads and loads of talent. I couldn't think of a better time to be talking about baseball in the Dubuque area, but this isn't about Iowa or Dubuque baseball right now. This is about Southwestern baseball, and there's a lot of exciting things going on right there. Before we talk about the field, the new complex, and your team, tell us a little bit of background about you. How many years uh, coaching experience you have? Were you anywhere before Southwestern? Where did you play high school baseball at, and did you play college baseball at all? Yeah, for sure. Um, I grew up in a, in a small town, Southwest Wisconsin, in Potosi. Um, coached by Ron Kading, who's a Wisconsin baseball coach's Hall of Fame inductee. Um, coached hundreds of years, it seemed like, over there in Potosi. Um, went to uh, MATC, kicked around up there a little bit. Unfortunately, the body gave out before I was able to really get any traction playing baseball, which happens to a lot of us. Um, moved on past that, um, got into the workforce and, you know, like a lot of us, you know, you have kids and you get involved with your, with your kids activities. Um, I was fortunate enough that my son took on to baseball, loves it, you know, hopefully easy, equally as I do. Um, we, uh, got into the travel ball scene. Um, we, uh, hooked up with Eric Munson and, uh, for the better part of five years, my son uh, played with Eric, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to kind of partner up with Eric, coach with him for uh, those five years. Um, and then at, the, at that point, 
you know, the, the opening, you know, they needed help over here at Southwestern when we made the move over here to Southwest Wisconsin. And I'm um, lucky enough to get on just as a volunteer assistant at first, just wanted to help out with the program, knowing a lot of the kids that were in this area. And uh, when the uh, opening came up, lucky enough that I was able to apply and be able to, to grab the job. Congratulations on that. You picked a good guy to learn from, uh, Eric Munson, friend of the show. And wow, is he a plethora of knowledge. And not only does he have a ton of baseball knowledge, but he is just such a stand-up guy to talk to and, and have a good conversation with. Now, I recently read in the Telegraph Herald, you guys have this amazing new sports complex out at Southwestern, the TH. Jim Leitner, former guest of the show, compared it to Lambeau Field, <laughs> which um, I've been there three times, and the Lions have smoked the Packers two out of the three times, which has been good. But tell us, <laughs> tell us about the new complex, uh, all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. And I did have one question that was not covered in the paper. Is it a turfed baseball field, or is it not turfed? You know, that's a great question. Unfortunately, well, fortunate for me, um, I didn't have a lot of say in it. The question was brought up to us. Um, we did go with the side infield. Um, as, as nice as it would have been for obviously our maintenance crew and, and being able to play on so quickly, um, similar to having a turf football field, we're the only one in the, you know, in our neck of the woods that would have it. So not that it would give us an unfair advantage, but when we go to some of the other baseball fields in our conference, in our area that we'd be playing, it'd be, it'd be a tough tough transition for those boys to go from that smooth hop from the the turf going on to, I'm not going to talk down to any of the baseball fields in our area, but some of them are a little rougher than others. So it is not um, turf on the, on the the baseball field, but, you know, we're fortunate enough. The community has backed, you know, not only our, you know, the, our school, but also our student athletes, obviously to be able to give us a huge opportunity to have that turf football field that, you know, pretty much is, it's, you know, it's the, the gem of our school district now, you know, we're, we're able to really, you know, show it off because of, you know, everything that went on with COVID. Um, a lot of the schools in our area did kind of push their football season similar to what we did to, to playing right now in this, this modified spring season. So a ton of schools have been able to come over and play in our field, which is great to see. Um, and like I said, it's, it's been great for the community to show off to the rest of this area what, what the school really has to offer. And like I said, we are so fortunate that the, the school district, our administration, the community has really bought into the fact that, you know, this is a huge opportunity for our kids um, for not now, but for the next 15 to 20 and down the pipeline longer than that to have this type of facility in our area. For sure. It's an unbelievable facility from the pictures and the Google Earth images that I even did too on my own just to scope it out a little more. Before we get talking about your team, tell us, when is opening day for the Southwestern Wildcats? Well, we were, it, it was slated to be this coming Monday, but as I said, we've got our modified football season. So we were able to do a little shuffling of our schedule and our first official game is... Uh, Tuesday, May 4th, we're traveling to uh, the big city of Darlington to take on the Redbirds. Best of luck on opening day. And when is the home opener if we want to make that trip over to see some baseball? As, as they're kind of buttoning up the, the finishing touches on our baseball field, um, right now it's slated for May 18th would be our first home game. 
I might Fingers crossed with a little bit of sun. I might come out to that one because I hate cold weather. So the later in May where we can get that 70 degree <laughs> weather, I, I, I will leave my house if it's above if it's above 70 degrees. Tell us about the team. What are your expectations heading into this season? You know, we, we've sat around, you know, it, 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 that's a tough question because, you know, of everything we've lost, um, I would say my expectation is this team's going to compete every pitch, every at bat, every inning. You know, we've stressed to our student athletes that, you know, if nothing else, everyone, including them and them, you know, how much they've been impacted, you know, what they, how fragile everything is, you know, and as small as a world is now, you know, and how little maybe that sports maybe will be inside, you know, the big impact of their life. It's such a huge loss for them that they lost that whole season in 2020 and not to take anything for granted. So I stress them, stress to them, make sure you take advantage of every opportunity you have, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, how much has been impacted, you know, how much they lost. Use that as the fuel to, for your fire to make sure that you're competing in everything you can do because as we you know learned in the past 18 months how fragile life is and how things can turn you know turn just on a dime that uh you know it's it, it's it's going to be a tough season you know because we got a lot of kids we only we're only bringing back four lettermen from the 2019 season which seems like a, a lifetime ago um so there's going to be a ton of opportunity for some of our kids to really step up into those positions that you know they would have naturally maybe transitioned into for the second year this year but now they're kind of thrust into it just because of you know what all transpired in the past 18 months and you mentioned kids being thrust into the fire and and having some opportunities tell us about your infielders walk us around the horn tell us that um projected starters position battles going on that that we might see on the infield taking place yeah absolutely you know if if we we start around the horn you know a lot of it is going to start with our catcher um Gavin Yoakum is going to be our spark plug pretty much from the get-go. Um, he's one of our team leaders. Um, he's a he's a junior, and again, probably would have been one of our starters last year um, coming in the, the 2020 season. Um, a lot of it's going to start with him. He's heady. He knows the game. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of kids who have played a lot of ball, a lot of travel ball. He's got older brothers who have played in, in independent league. Um, so to have a catcher back there to be kind of our kind of our extension of our coaching staff out there is going to be huge for us. Um, moving around, if you go down to third base, uh, Peyton Edmonds, I think he's you know, he's our lone senior. He's our lone senior on the team that he uh, he's heady again. He's what he's what I would call a Swiss Army knife. He uh, likely is going to start out at third base for us. Um, he's got a great arm, um, can pretty much play any position. So he'll likely start off in third. Um, can transition to short when need be. He'll actually probably get a little bit of time behind the plate too as, as a catcher um, just to be able because, like I said, numbers-wise, we need to be able to kind of spread the wealth, especially with the quick and uh, fast season that we're going to have this year. Um, going to shortstop, uh, going over probably going to be Jordan Stanton, um, strong-arm kid, again, played a ton of ball in Dubuque and Independent League and, again, playing underneath Eric Munson. You know, that that high IQ hopefully is what really translates well for us on the field. He's also going to be probably our, you know, our number two starter on our staff. And hopefully with any luck, he won't have to. But if we need to, he's going to be able to take a little bit of time behind the dish too, um, to spread some of that wealth. Um, looking at shortstop, it's going to be – or, excuse me, second base, it's going to be a dogfight. Um we had a young sophomore, Tyler Rotsman, who, again, has not played a single inning of high school baseball. Um, but luckily this fall, we were able to, to uh, compete in a little fall ball league. 
um, that's put on by Sluggers um, Baseball in Cuba City. He was able to log a ton of innings during that time and really showed our staff what he's got to offer. And I really think he's going to be a, one of those kids who jump out at us for somebody who really has never logged any varsity innings, let alone high school innings overall. Um, and that's going to be a dogfight between him, um, Trey Wheeland, kid who's just going to grind it out for us as solid as can be over at second base, got a solid bat, put the ball in play. Um, and even a Corbin Splinter, you know, we got kids who can definitely be battling and that internal competition is going to be huge for us, you know, especially with, you know, not knowing what these kids are and doing a lot of it just on the, uh, with just the eye test. Um, lastly, we got our first baseman, Jace Mess, big, strong kid who's thankfully one of our few lefties out there who's going to be able to swing a left-handed bat for us, but um, it's pretty much played first base as long as I've known the kid. So he's, he's a great a great bookend for us over there to be able to knock the ball down, make sure the plays are getting taken care of and, you know, make sure our infielders look even better than they probably are. I've always said to be successful in high school baseball, besides having good pitching, you have to have a solid catcher that can limit those walks and limit those singles to one bases and not have a base hit or a walk turn into a double or quite possibly a triple. It sounds like you guys are very strong up the middle and tell us about your outfield. Who is projected to uh, track down the balls in the outfield? And who are some guys that could make a push for those starting jobs? Absolutely. You know, we're, we're fortunate enough, you know, going back to those travel ball days, you always want to recruit yourself a bunch of, a bunch of shortstops that can pretty much play anywhere. And that holds true to our center fielder, Colson Splinter. You know, likely he, he's going to log innings at shortstop too. He's also on our pitching staff. He's got a big, strong arm. Uh, runs like a deer. We call him Megatron on the football field just because he's so long and, and, and can cover so much ground. Um, and he's, like I said, he's one of those kids who can play shortstop. He's, he can pitch. Um, another one of those Swiss Army knives that we have, and he can cover so much ground out there just because, like I said, he's just out there running like a deer. Um, another kid who's logged very few innings, Jordan Burgandy. Um, he's a running back on the football field and is just probably the fastest kid I've ever seen on turf, at least in our area. Um, and another kid who can just go down there and track down balls. And again, I think that's going to be huge for us. You know, it's high school. They're going to hit the ball around and having kids out there who can track that ball down. And again, fast as the wind, it's going to be pretty huge for him also on the offensive side of the ball to put the ball in play. He's going to put a ton of pressure on, you know, other teams' defenses just by being that quick on the base pass. Um, and then we've got kind of an opening. We had, uh, a pretty solid starter and a Mason Kaiser who actually tore his, uh, labor him in his shoulder during football season, which makes pretty much any baseball coach cringe this in this kind of modified season. So we lost probably one of our, you know, one of our better bats and a, and a really good outfielder. So now again, it's, it's going to be a dog fight and that internal competition is going to be pretty big to see who's going to come out. But, you know, right now we're looking at another sophomore and Kate Buxton who's probably going to have a great opportunity to log a ton of innings and make sure that he's, you know, in, in the conversation when it comes down to it, as far as, being one of those kids who's going to compete out there in left field. Um, we got a big, strong junior Carson Reese, um, who's also coming off of a broken, a broken tibia from football season. Um, hopefully tomorrow's actually his last follow-up with any luck. He'll get cleared. Um, but you know, kind of the same progress, you know, he's, he's had that month off where he hasn't had a lot to do. So we want to make sure we get him up to speed, but he's going to be another one of those great kids out there in the outfield who'll be able to compete and, and really, uh, knock those balls down for us. If our pitchers are giving up the, shots 
I'm glad that your kids are getting an opportunity to play, but holy cow, football, baseball, all of the seasons going on at once. Uh, good, good job to those student athletes for being able to manage their, their studies and then also their um, athletic commitments as well. Is there anybody else that we need to talk about before we go into our pitching staff? And unlike East Dubuque, you said that you guys do have an opening day starter penciled in, correct? Yeah, we absolutely do. You know, it's you know, it, it's less of a it's it's less of a secret for us, just for a simple fact that you know we do have one kid coming back that you know did log about twenty innings on varsity back in uh, twenty nineteen, which again seems like a lifetime ago. But you know, as far as our opening day starters, probably be our Pearson Kephart, um, big strong kid who's thrown it throws a real firm fastball. Um, he's ton. He pitched a ton um, for sluggers in Cuba City. Um, he's got a great, great repertoire with a great curveball. Um, and like I said, he was he was really successful even as a freshman um, on the varsity level. Um, likely he was going to be running out for our first you know, opening day starter. But you know the, the same problem that you know everybody has now is looking at pitch count, right? And especially with this modified season. We're sharing these kids and, you know, we're right, right now we're doing a five, five forty-five football practice or baseball practice in the morning. Kids go to school, mm-hmm. then they head over to, fo- to football practice. So trying to get them up to speed um, the way we used to, it's totally different. So we've had to be pretty resourceful in the times that we're able to get the kids in the gym, the times that we're able to get them out on the field, because let's face it, you know, we're still battling, you know, hopefully a little bit of warm weather will be able to get our field finished but we don't have a baseball diamond as a, at this time we're lucky enough that we do have the turf but to uh, again all this is projections i hate to say you know we on paper everybody looks great in the gym everybody looks super fast everybody throws real hard in the gym but once you get them outside obviously uh, slightly changes a little bit so um like i said absolutely likely our, our opening day starter is going to be the piercing Kephart, who's going to be a kid who's going to be our shortstop when when he's not throwing and how's the rest of the rotation shaping up? Who are some of your conference starters and then your non-conference starters? Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky that we've got arms, you know, especially in this season that we're going to have. You know, we start May 4th. Um, last conference game is going to be uh, June 3rd. So within a month, you know, we're playing every single one of our games. We lost a couple non-conference, which probably helped us out. But playing three to four times a week. Um, it's pretty tough on a pitching staff, and especially when you you know have the numbers that we have. We're sitting at 22, 23 kids from 9th through 12th. Um, so there's going to be a lot of kids, and there's going to be a lot of kids who get innings. So you know, if we're looking at our number two, it's probably be Jordan Stanton again, another kid who's got who's got a plus stuff. Um, you know, you talk about Pearson; he's probably eight sits, 83 to 85, which at a high school level is 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 pretty tough. Um, last we had put the, the jugs gun to any of these kids, Jordan Stanson, probably 83 also. Um, great, you know, whereas Pearson's got that heavy fastball, Jordan's got a little bit more tail, a little bit more junk that he's able to throw, um, which is going to be a great compliment to, to that, the tour number one. Um, we're also looking at Colson Splinter, like I talked about. He uh, got a long arm. He's probably sitting about 80, which, again, it's a great option to have another kid who can throw hard with a great curveball. Um, we're looking at Tyler Bratzman too, that sophomore who hasn't thrown a lick of any type of varsity experience. But last fall, again, he was able to jump on the mound and, and take on a tough Mount Horeb team that he was able to kind of handcuff by just keeping his mix and um, being able to locate his fastball. Um, we've got several kids who probably are going to throw a lot of non-conference for us. 
um, you're looking at, you know, a Corbin Splinter is probably going to toss a little bit. Um, a Bryce Reese who's got some funky delivery. I call him my baby giraffe. He's long arms and long legs, and he's got all kinds of moving parts on the on the mound. So that really throws kids off too. So you know, we're pretty fortunate that we're going to have kids that are going to be able to, to to take care of some innings for us because, like I said, pitch count is always going to be consideration. You know, we want to keep keep an eye on these kids, especially the first couple of weeks out when, again, most of them haven't thrown a baseball, you know, for the most part for almost, you know, two years. And, you know, I, I talked to – we listened to uh, Coach Tashner the other night with his – stat of the day and he's got a speed by a couple days because it's been 690 i had to to do the stat too so 695 days since the last time that southwestern had taken the field we lost may 28th of 2019 to mineral point in a in a regional semifinal. so it's it's tough you know these kids you know like we said we talk about balancing schoolwork balancing you know all the other activities that they're doing and then you say okay by the way you need to be able to throw a bullpen and hopefully your arm and hopefully you show up to practice on time because it's really tough to get a bit of 545 every morning for three weeks straight i i used to run 6 a.m practices because that was the only time <laughs> yeah at hempstead we had five teams and that was the only time slot i could get the field for two hours all to myself was 6 a.m to 8 a.m so yeah Kudos to those kids, 545. That's, that is a long day to add school um, on top of it. But also me as a coach and you as a coach, it shows you who wants to be there. It shows you who wants to play. You have kids showing up at 545. You don't ever have to question their heart. You don't ever, ever have to have to question their, their dedication to the team or the program if they're getting there at 545 Absolutely. to do that. Coach, I have a couple questions for you. Um, first thing before we uh, end this podcast is tell us about your senior leaders and your expectations for them. And then I also want you to talk about right now, late April, what do you think are your team's greatest strengths and what is the one improvement that the team really needs to work on before they take the field May 4th? Great question. You know, like I said, I kind of alluded to, we've got one senior, um, you know, and, and he's been thrust into it again, you know, coming uh, into 2019. Um, he's a role player on the varsity. He did a great job when he got an opportunity. But again, you know, at the time, you know, he, was, he wasn't really fitting into the, the starting lineup as much as he probably wanted to. Fast forward, like I said, 695 days, you know, Peyton Edmonds is, is put into the limelight of being the lone senior. Um, one of our one of our leaders on the team that, you know, really he, I don't think was fully prepared for, but he stepped into a great, that has done a great job so far and leading by example, you know, like you said, being there on time, getting out of bed every day. And, you know, like we, you know, I tell our boys all the time, you know, we don't do easy around here. Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, you know, getting out of bed, like you said, at 545 every morning and then still, and he's a football player you know, grinding out school and then getting his butt to, to football practice and still getting everything squared away to, to be a senior like that in this type of scenario. I, I think it says a lot about this young man who, who's been able to step into this position, you know, you know, fast forwarding almost a year and, you know, being able to be one of those leaders for us, you know, like I said, is I'm super proud of him to, uh, you know, he's not the loudest kid. He's not one of the big rah-rah cheerleading guys, but I tell you what, you know, when it comes by leading by example, he's, he's second to none as far as what our boys have somebody to look up to, what, what it takes to be a successful baseball player. 
Um, you know, talking about our strengths, you know, I would, I, I really, I'm really prideful of our baseball IQ. I think that's, that's what really differentiates a lot of high school teams is having kids who have that high IQ. Um, and with seven kids who, who have played a lot of baseball, like I said, it's, you can't just hit a kid in the head with a baseball bat and say, okay, now you're baseball smart. It takes, it takes years and years of, you know, great coaching of whoever it was. And I have to thank all the coaches that all the, all of our student athletes had prior to me, because like I said, it's not something that most kids just absorb. It's something that they're taught, something that they're learned, it's something that they grind it out. So having those kids and having such a strong group, um, it, it, it's a great luxury to have. And like I said, with the numbers we have, you have to squeeze every ounce of, you know, every inning you can out of every game and every bit of baseball IQ you can get out of every kid and try to get the younger kids to absorb it. You know, that's our main job is trying to get them up to speed, you know, and, and as far as you know, what we have to get better at, I would say, you know, that, that inexperience is going to be probably a double-edged sword for us. You know, they don't know enough to, to be scared. They don't know enough to be worried or hopefully intimidated by other teams that are going to be in our conference. Um, so that's a positive. But on the flip side, obviously, the inexperience comes it comes into play, and it will. It's going to rear its ugly head at some point in time within the season. And I think being able to overcome that experience, being able to overcome – Whatever we do wrong, you know, like those mental errors are what we're going to try to avoid because, you know, the physical errors are going to happen, you know, putting kids in a position that hopefully they're going to be as successful as possible. But when it comes down to it, when they fail, trying to coach them up as much as they can so they can overcome that because, you know, I'm a big picture guy. Baseball is great, um, but I think it's a really great microcosm for life, being able to overcome the adversity that you're going to see on the field really sets you up for what's going to come down the road that hopefully someday, you know, they're going to be a, they're going to be an outstanding young man and, and, and a leader within their, you know, in community too. When you look at baseball IQ, that is the toughest thing to teach. And as a player, the toughest thing to grasp. And I looked at Dubuque season last year and the teams that started off really well. They they knew their bunt coverages. They knew their first and third situations. And a lot of the prep work, they they knew with very little time to teach. I know kids, if you're listening to this and you're wondering how to advance your baseball IQ, go watch baseball. Watch your position. Watch what your position does when the ball's not hit to them. Watch what they do when they warm up. I've over the years have become accustomed as I'm an Oakland A's fan and they don't come around very often. So I've made it a habit of I travel all over the country and watch the best players and watch how they prepare and go to spring training and watch how watch practices and watch how they prepare. I was actually just at the Cubs Braves game to watch Ronald Acuna Jr. Bummed, he got injured in the fourth inning, but we saw five home runs in the first inning. We saw um uh, Rizzo hit two home runs, and it, it was a great experience to watch. But that baseball IQ is is so huge. So, guys, watch baseball on TV. Watch your position, and and just get just get better. One of the greatest baseball IQ plays I've ever seen happened against my favorite team, Derek Jeter, uh, throwing out Jeremy Giambi at home plate in a playoff game uh, on an overthrow onto the infield. He doesn't make that play. The A's, the A's win the game. The A's advance. If Jeremy Giambi slides, the A's win that game. And there's baseball <laughs> right? right there. Uh, sorry that uh, the fans of Southwestern had to listen to me vent about about baseball IQ there, but that.
that that was one of my pet peeves as well. And I knew that was something that it sounds like you do this as well. That was something that I could control. I could have my team prepared with how much we prepared on those situations to build baseball IQ. Now, Isaac, first of all, I want to thank you again for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, wishing you and your squad the best of luck this year. Dubuque community, go out, check out that new complex in Hazel Green, root on the Wildcats. And the last question I have for you before we we hit into this podcast killing double play was sent in by a listener. And he just wanted to know this about all the area coaches. It's a three-part question. Why did you get into coaching? What keeps you in coaching? And when you decide to hang up those turf shoes and set the fungo bat down to have it collect dust, what do you want your legacy to be at Southwestern? That's that, that's a great question, right? So I've listened to, to almost every one of your podcasts so far, Coach, and, you know, I think every one of those coaches who you've you've talked to whether it's you know somebody at the juco level the college level the high school level they all get it right so you're not in it for the cash let's face it you know anybody who wants to talk to a coach and talk about the income it's you by the end of the year i'm probably going to have to cut a check back to southwestern community school district because i owe them money but you know they're in it for the reason of making these young men you know, better young men. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, that's what really got me into it because I really do believe that, you know, of all the sports, obviously their sport is always a microcosm for life. But I really think when I talk about baseball, it really teaches you how to overcome that adversity, you know, because it is, it is tough, you know, and obviously every sport has, you know, it's difficulties, but when it comes down to baseball, that one really, you have to be able to move on to the next. And I think that's a great parallel to life. You know, you're gonna, it's not all rainbows, waterfalls and unicorns. As, as I tell my kids, it's, <laughs> it, it, you got to get through the suck. And, you know, that's the part that I really embrace for our, for our young men is that it, bad things are going to happen whether it's whether it's high school, whether it's college, wherever you go on to, bad things are going to happen. And what really is what gonna, it's going to get you through is that moral fiber and that backbone that's in, inside of you to say, what am I going to do about it? You know, are you going to roll over and, and say, you know, poor me, or are you going to really fight, you know, fight that? And you know, that is really why I got into it. That's why I stick with it is because being able to, to help these kids through this adversity and, you know, like, I said what they're going through nowadays I I, I I care not know how much adversity these young men have gone through I know how hard it is on me and I'm a grown man so I couldn't imagine being a teenager in this world today well all they've lost all they've had to adapt to and to, and to see them overcome it you know they always say kids kids are resourceful kids will bounce back but you know to see you know it, it has affected them and I've been fortunate enough to kind of walk along with them and hopefully give them a couple pointers along the way to hopefully make them a little bit stronger individual, you know, and, and if you talk about a legacy, you know, it's, you always hope that these young men, you're going to see them out in the community. You know, the hope is obviously, you know, we're, we're sitting here watching Cal Harris on TV. You know, you always want to see your kids go to the next level, whatever it may be, if it's baseball, football, basketball, or, 
you know, maybe they get into coaching. You always want to see your kids out there and what better feeling to, to have one of your ex players come up to you and, and just still call you coach and say, how you doing? And have a great conversation with them and see that they're a protect, you know, a, a productive member of society. They're out there really, you know, being that kid that they really can be. And hopefully there's a couple life lessons and a couple of the, the rah-rah speeches are going to give you a little grief about that they can still reminisce on and laugh about. But like I said, at the end of the day, you know, I think it's about turning great kids, you know, with strong values into strong young men, hopefully with, you know, eventually husbands and fathers that someday they get into kind of the same profession that we do for the same reasons um, and really, you know, have an impact on the on the youth that we have the opportunity to. Coach, best of luck to you, the Southwestern community and your players on this 2021 season. 643, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Find us on Spotify and subscribe.